Welcome to the Village Church Podcast Show, Episode 21. Josh Patterson here with Matt Chandler. Looking forward to another good show today. We're going to talk about uh, Advent a little bit. We've talked about this before, but just going to just recap it a little bit, talk about where we are, our heart for the for this season at, at the Village Church, and then shift gears and have what I anticipate will be a great conversation with none other than the great Lecrae. Yeah, big time. Looking forward to it, big man. Yeah. Should be good. So are you guys doing anything different this year for your family for Advent? Are you doing the Church's Guide? Are you doing... We we have the Church's Guide. We'll use that as a supplement. We're reading through an Advent book with the okay. kids. And so uh, that takes up... There's a reading every night, and okay. so we do that. And we try to do it right before they go to bed, and we kind of turn out all the lights, light an Advent candle, read it, and then walk upstairs quietly and go to bed. That part doesn't generally happen, but we do. We're hey, reading that. The man. intention is there. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> and uh, you know, one thing that we talked about, in fact, challenged the staff with today is uh, that we're going to do with the kids this year is around generosity and yeah. just uh, taking a, a sum of money, and, and it really doesn't matter what that sum is, but taking that sum of money and involving the kids in the giving process of um, who we may be able to give to, give, you know, bless, whether it's a church planter, a missionary, an is, organization. Is my name in the hat? It is. It's in the hat. Well, you put it in. Oh, yes, I forgot <laughs> about that. I yeah. forgot about that. Um, but yeah, so that that's, I'm looking forward to that exercise with the kids and, and being able to involve them in that. And then, man, it's, uh, it's a sweet season. I love it. I really do love it. How about you? Well, you know, several years ago, we wanted to establish um, at the Village Church a, a, a rhythm, a, a kind of a, a way to feel and sense that there, there's some changing going on during the year. And, and so really wanted to establish this season of Advent, knowing kind of the history behind it and to, to kind of establish the season in which it would be so easy to get swept up into um, a lot of good things. You know, I'm, I'm no Christmas hater. I, you know, a lot of good things, the lights and the songs and the parties and the um, presents, and those are all really good, fun things. Uh, I, I don't, sometimes I get frustrated at how those things are talked about, but uh, but to have those things and get to see really, I think the language we historically used was to to see the light that's casting that shadow. That yeah. Those are the kind of the shadows of a brighter light. And um, so, so even in what you're talking about doing with your kids, where okay, we're going to talk about generosity now because the, the coming of Christ is probably the the greatest act of generosity yep. in the history of the world. So to establish at the village a season in which we celebrate Christmas. Um, while also being very intentional at pointing hearts and eyes and maybe some very practical things in how we lead our family through this season and really focusing on the coming of Christ and the hope of his return. And so those are those are the two pieces that, that we wanted to make sure we get in every Advent season is, is one, the hope of his coming, his coming, and then the hope of his return. Yeah. Um, and so it's Man, the fruit that that has bore, I think, has been significant. As you can feel a bit of a slowdown begin to occur in the rhythm of the village church, and 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 it appears. I mean, it, it's these are hard things to kind yep. of codify or, or create a metric to to measure. But uh, there, there's a sense in which the way their generosity goes up, their dialing into the needs of the community tends to go up, and um, so that that's been fun to watch and see. Like the the giving tree, I mean, everything gone. First weekend, yeah. I mean, everything was gone. Through half the services, yeah. almost. We didn't even get to go through all of them. So, yeah, I agree, man. I 
I love the season for all the reasons that you just kind of listed out. And, and just by way of reminder, I want to point the listeners to let, let them know we do have an Advent guide. It's certainly not too late to grab that. You can get it on the website for a digital download. It's free. I think it's a helpful resource. Like I said, it's one that my family right now is using supplementally. It's not our primary, but I know a lot of families, individuals and groups that are using it as their primary. Yeah. Uh, just kind of Advent guide and resource during the season. So I encourage folks to Go check that out. Do you want to just kind of do a little bit of house cleaning quickly before we have Lecrae on and just let everyone know that our next episode, uh, we're going to take a short break for the holidays and we'll fire this thing back up in February for episode 23. Is Brad Pitt going to come on that one? You know, uh, he wants to. I don't know if we have room. So we'll see. We'll see. He's he's called a bunch of times and uh, we'll get back to him at some point. But uh, episode 23 in February. Okay. And then also want to let everybody know just about... A slight shift with Ask TVC. So hashtag Ask TVC is something that we've been doing on Twitter. And you, you man, have been doing those responses via video. And yeah. so we're posting those back out. But we're going to change that and bring that onto the podcast show. I'm looking forward to having that conversation. And, and so letting folks know that we're not going to be doing the videos anymore. We're just going to be having that dialogue here on the show. Yeah, I think that'll be fun to have a dialogue over that. Uh, you know, at, at this point, it's me by myself standing in front of a camera and saying – this is what I think. So I think moving it over here is going to be beneficial because we can actually have some dialogue around whatever the question is. Yeah. And, and sometimes the questions are really great. Sometimes they're not. Mm-hmm. But we'll try to pull out the really good ones and have good dialogue around them. Looking forward to it. And really looking forward to a conversation with Lecrae. It's going to be great. Well, welcome back to the Village Church Podcast Show, episode 21. Uh, as we talked about earlier, uh, my brother Lecrae is here with us. He is a Grammy-winning hip-hop artist, Boom. songwriter, record producer, actor, social activist. Bro, what haven't you comma, done? President, comma, comma. co-owner, co-founder of Retra. I feel like I've done nothing with my life right now because <laughs> I'm still not done reading. Author of the forthcoming book, Unashamed. Lecrae, welcome to the podcast welcome, show. brother. Thank you, man. I, when I become a yoga instructor, then I'll really have <laughs> You've been working that way, right? I mean, you're working on that training, getting that yoga. Little by little. little by little. Hey, so what are you doing, man? I mean, like, I, I used to be close enough, had some proximity where we got to travel to Sudan together and got to hear you teach, yeah. preach on the Trinity. It's pretty epic. What are you up to right. now? What are you currently working on? Um, I actually just got back from uh, the Middle East. I was out there on another teaching trip, and so I got to do some cool stuff. Um, in Qatar and, uh, like the, the, the border of the Saudi Arabian desert. So that was really cool. Just to refresh my perspective because I'm going into album season where I'm working on the album. And, um, you know, like when we went to Sudan, I think rehab yep. was about it, to come out. It dropped out, while we were there. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, it's kind of been like almost a tradition, um, to just kind of get out of my, my little world and to kind of see the broader world. Um, especially like going into the whole, entertainment world because it can be so uh kind of pretentious sure. and, and not real hey well i don't want to ask yeah, being I'm sensitive saying. to that part of the world i don't want to ask too many questions but what did you teach on i do want to know that yeah um we actually i actually got to teach on a lot of things um uh biblical masculinity um 
uh, you know, going through uh, the Psalms. So Psalm 23 is, uh, is one that's near and dear to my heart, just kind of breaking that down a little bit. Um, what else did I get to teach on out there? Um, relationships and um, and identity and then, um, you know, a little bit of Jonah. So just kind of walk through the whole book of Jonah uh, out in the desert, which was great. And, uh, man, and, and just encouraging people, you know, it's a different perspective. Yeah. There's certain things that just are not, you don't, it's just, you would never teach because it doesn't make sense. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's almost like, hey, did you share with your neighbor? It's like, um, no, but I made really good friends with them. I just want to make sure they don't kill me or I don't <laughs> yeah. get arrested. <laughs> a little bit different. Well, and, brother, yeah. one of the reasons I'm I'm asking, um, and the listeners to this are, are, you know, it's kind of a broad audience, but... Brother, I was so impressed. So I've been a fan of your music for a long time. But when I was with you and we were doing the training for the pastors in southern Sudan and I heard you breaking down the Trinity, it was like and I, if you're offended by this, I, I, I mean no offense. I was just stunned at how how knowledgeable and how good of a teacher of the scriptures you were, brother. And so I oh, so wow. having, you know, people that know you as all these things that that we've listed, you know, I it. I appreciate that, first and foremost, I just see in you a man of God who values the Word of God and, and teaches it well. I mean, there, there are a lot of dudes that I—I I, I mean, I don't know that I that could get up and unpack the Trinity like you did in a different context in, in that way. And so um, that, that's why I was asking that question. That's fantastic. Yeah. Hey, look, right. Talk to I'll us. Talk to us a little bit about about the book. When's it coming out? What was the burden behind it? You know, talk to us a little about the content. You know, what drove it? Things like that. Unashamed. Right. Um, I think you know when kind of tasked with um, writing a book. You know, the idea of a of an autobiography came out, and I was like, man, I'm I'm still you know fairly young. I'm not I'm not really ready to like write my autobiography. You ain't as young as you once were, bro. You're an old head, man. Right. Yeah, well, you know. Creeping. I still, hopefully, I, let me see my kids grow up first before it's like to start writing myself out of sure. the picture. Um, but, um, but it was kind of like a, a prescriptive memoir. So it's like, let's take some, some, some stories from my life that teach some valuable lessons. And so there's just some selective stories that um, kind of teach some valuable lessons. And I mean, essentially, the theme of, the, of it is like, what is it like to be unashamed in kind of a, a, a you know the day-to-day context of life where it's it's you're trying to walk out a, a biblical worldview in a world that um, doesn't subscribe to that and and how do you flesh that out um explicitly implicitly like what does that even look like and so that's kind of what the book you know kind of gets to, to to touch on um from me growing up all the way uh to just being you know at a grammy party and just kind of like you know, how does that work? And what is what is the conversations like when you first meet somebody like, a, you know, Kanye? Like, what do you talk about? Or, you know, what does that look like? And how do you flesh that out? So it comes out in May. And, um, yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm just excited to see uh, what God will do. Yeah, talk, talk about that just a little bit. I mean, I think I met you for the first time in the cafeteria at Dallas Theological Seminary. Um, and, and wow. so from, I, I think I did chapel that morning or something and then met you with a whole other crew. AT was there and, um, yeah. th- like talk a little bit about, I mean, brother, you, you, you platform and, and all of this has grown so large and so broad. And so, man, I'd love to hear how that transition has been for you personally. Uh, I can imagine there's some really cool things about it and some things that, that, aren't, aren't so cool. So can you talk a little bit about kind of how that transition has been for you personally? 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think any human being is always wondering what's around uh, the corner of, you know, whatever that it may be that they're, you know, they, you know, whether that's a career corner or a relationship corner, you just always wondering if it's better over there, if it's more difficult, if it's more challenging, and you can only kind of have these preconceived ideas. And so for me, there was a lot of preconceived ideas about what it's like, um, you know, to kind of in, fully engage in the, the entertainment realm, just kind of like in that whole industry and that whole world. And um, <clears throat> And I think initially when you kind of have these ideas of grandeur or like television is kind of giving you a paradigm for it all. You don't really realize what it is. You're kind of, you're slightly impressed and you're slightly kind of blown away. But then as you spend time, it's, it's almost like the infatuation stage with, with, with your wife or your, your girl, you're kind of like, Oh, you're just a sinful person like everybody else. <laughs> like, Oh, this is not, this is okay. I just like the record. I want Lauren when she listens to this to know that I, I did, I was not the one that said that. But go ahead. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what my wife said about me. <laughs> that's what, you know, like, oh, you, you're just, um, so yeah, it's been, you know, it's been great. I'm very appreciative of the opportunities that I've gotten of people supporting me in, in just large ways. And, um, and then, but, but you know, there's just an element of you just, regardless of what doors you walk through, regardless of what world you enter, you're still dealing with humanity, yeah. you know, broken humanity. And, um, and it's the same story. It's just, it's a bigger prom. It's a bigger high school. Everyone's still fighting to be the homecoming yep. king. It's yeah. just, it's the same thing, just a different level. So for you personally, as you talk about that and, and yeah, yeah, personally, I think the initial, and I, and I really do, walk through this in the book a lot but the initial kind of kind of perspective was um how do i fit in all this you know um you're trying to figure out where you fit in the midst of it and i think um i was preoccupied with that you know i'm what people probably don't know is i'm an introvert so introverts probably like play out every scenario in their head before they just jump in the pool (laughs) and um (laughs) you know extroverts just jump in and they're like hey my personality will make a for later i'm I'm good (laughs) um so I did a lot of kind of like strategizing and trying to figure out, oh, do I do this? Do I not do this? And man, it just got really overwhelming. And um, eventually I just had to really learn to be confident in my own skin, confident in who God created me to be, and um, and not worry about what everybody had to say about me or not worry about who was impressed or who wasn't impressed or who heard my album or who hadn't heard my album. Um, because it's it's just, it's so doesn't define me. It doesn't give me a real sense of identity. So. so thinking about that, just with your faith and how, how this not only has been a hip hop journey and a career journey, but a faith journey for you is you've, I mean, you're still Lecrae you're, you're, and, and not Lecrae right. like hip hop artist. I mean, you're a husband, you're a dad, you're a friend, you're a son, yeah. and you still, you've got to work all this out in the context of the worldview that you believe, your relationship with the Lord Jesus, how has it stretched you? How has it shaped you? Yeah, I'm <clears throat> I'm extremely grateful for the years of just kind of grounded training and equipping and uh, just being like, you know, um, consistent in ministries and churches and being discipled because I, I would have definitely been swept away in this kind of like storm of, 
celebrity and so on and so forth. Like without that kind of grounding and perspective, um, I don't know how I would have survived. Like I don't know how anybody survives. It's really not built for people to like have, you know, uh, a great sense of of grounding and faith and, and identity. It's really built to like kind of to worship people, and you know, we're not creatures are not meant to be worshipped. And so, um, so you know, I think the 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 part that has to remain consistent is like man fighting every day to, to for humility fighting every day to see yourself as God sees you yeah. to to see the priorities to not like trample over my family in the pursuit of success because there's no there's no end in sight you know people there's no people will do anything you know to be seen to be you know, appreciated by the masses and so they'll just kind of throw you on their little trajectory and say, this is how this works. Do this. And, you know, I initially got into it. People were saying, man, I know you, you're you trying to cross over a little bit and, and have, you know, people outside of the church know who you are. Um, you're an attractive guy. You work out. You may not want to put on your wedding ring. Um, and it was kind of like, whoa, this is real. Like, this really happens. Like, people really say this kind of stuff, you know. And um, and so that was kind of the, the, the stuff you, you know, initially – um, thank God for just perspective and grounding that I, that was easy to bat down. Sure. To say, oh, that's, that's- hey, like I'd, I'd love to hear you maybe talk some about this. I've been listening to this sermon series by a guy named John Tyson up in New York City. It's a series on the book of Daniel. He called it a, cre- a creative minority is the title of his sermon series. But he um, in, in that, he, he talks about Daniel kind of showing up in Babylon as this teenager. And, and then, man, he's got this kind of steadfast love to the Lord, despite what three consecutive empires threw at him in regards to uh, women and money and success and power. And, and so, I, you know, even as I watch my own life, um, I've always wanted to be really careful that over the over the period of 20, 30 years because of the influence God's given me, which is minute compared to the influence God's given you, that I didn't want to wake up one day and have a Sunday school class full of millionaires. And so how do you guard against the slow drift towards people who are as wealthy as you or wealthier than you? Who? Um, how do you guard against the slow drift? Like I know Lauren and I often will sit down with my calendar and our calendar, and we'll look back at who we've had in our home and who we've hung out with and who we've made space for to, to make sure it, our lives aren't filled with people who can just give to us, but really are just people we love and pour into who, who can't can't really offer anything to us other than being men and women made in the image of God put um, in our proximity. So can you talk a little bit about how maybe you, you think about the danger of slow drift? Because, brother, I, I just got no doubt that nothing's going to happen like a one-time instant, That, but, but it's the slow drift that eventually gets us. Are there things that you've put in place, uh, communities you've set up that, that help to this end? Yeah. Um, I mean, and there's, a, there's a million kind of slow drifts. You know, I think um, <clears throat> that can just kind of come upon you. Um, I mean, just being candid, one of those is is definitely financial. It's just the idea that, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, when is enough enough? And, you know, for us, I, I, a long time ago before I ever, before I had two nickels rubbed together, I had made up my mind to kind of, um, one, live beneath my means, but two, to find a place of contentment of what, this is what we need and the rest we want to kind of serve the kingdom with. 
And I mean, that's something that stayed consistent over all these years um, of us just saying, hey, this is where our limit is. So regardless of how much more comes in, it's not for us to just kind of frivolously play with. Um, we want to be good stewards and, and be supportive. And that <clears throat> kind of ties into the who you're hanging around and what, you know, like who's been in your house and whatnot. And we, my wife and I really feel like, you know, specifically kind of in, in, in minority culture, there's this kind of, um, there's this group of individuals who are not quite, they don't quite make the cover of, uh, you know, uh, help the homeless ministries, yeah. right? Like they're not the people that you just look at and say, Oh my gosh, we really want to help those people. Um, but they're, they also do not have the networks and the relationships to just, to do some of the things that, um, you know, a lot of average people can do, you know, so, uh, you know, that we have some friends who have kids with special needs and, and they, and there's schools that their kids would, would benefit from, but they just can't afford to put them in those schools. And so their kids are getting abused and berated at public school. And for my wife and I, it's kind of like, we're able to step into that gap and say, man, we're going to help put your child, um, in this particular school. Um, because of course you're, you're not, you know, like I said, you're not going to make the cover of, of most of these ministries magazine and they're not going to be people lining up to say oh yeah let's help you yeah but so my wife and i've really kind of tried to step in and find those kind of circumstances and people that we can serve and we can help and um and that's been a real blessing for us um just knowing the networks you know a lot of us don't come from just relationships where you know we can raise support with cousins or people we went to school with and so uh so that's a place where we see ourselves being able to step in the gap and i think the biggest thing is we're very value driven and so it's really hard to find people who share your values in terms of faith and justice and love and unity and family and community um, that, you know, don't spread. They, they, they run the gamut of the social, economic, ethnic chain. You know, they're all over the map as far as that's concerned when it comes to those kind of values. So our our relationships stay pretty diverse as far as that's concerned. Love it. Hey, man, I'd love for you to chat just a little bit about I, I saw at, at least in in parts of 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 what i see um uh, a lot of yeah i don't i don't know how to pitchforks and chatter chatter let's just call it chatter <laughs> chatter uh about the change yeah. in the mission statement at reach records and um we, yeah. can you talk a little bit about the convictions that that drove the chains uh, because knowing you sure. and knowing ben i know it's that you don't it's not that you don't love jesus anymore and you don't want people to hear the gospel so um but that rumor's out there. So do you... Right. Well, let, let's do this just for the sake of context for, for those who may not know. So talk talk early and quickly just about Reach Records. I mean, it's you and Ben. It's a dream. It's a vision. It's a passion. It's back in Denton. Two I mean, closets. Two closets and, yeah. and some kids at a boys club. And, <laughs> and you know, you, you didn't envision all that was before you. But then just talk about how that conviction, which was there's a similar conviction, but then a change in terms of why you guys felt the yeah. need to, to do this. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, you know, we started off, as you said, in Denton. Uh, we were both doing uh, Tommy Nelson's uh, discipleship program, uh, nine months intense learning your whole Bible. And uh, we were um, asked to serve in a, in a local ministry during that time period. And both of us were volunteering at a detention center. And that's kind of where I was serving those guys, making music. and um, And... You know, Ben had this grand idea to start a record label, and, um, you know, we put out 
my first album, Real Talk, which was essentially, I mean, it was like, we just wanted to make great music. I remember at the time, like, Lil John was ruling the radio station. I was like, why is no one making music like this, but, like, with content that is god honoring It was all I could do not to um, yell what into my microphone. <laughs> wow. But I fought it off. I fought it off. I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, man. So it was just like, I was, you know, I'd be on campus at events and stuff, and I'd be like, no one wants to hear these kind of stale songs that, like, walk people through exodus like like make the music <laughs> enjoyable um so that was kind of the ambition and and every time I, i've made you know that was there was a season in, in our lives where the music we were making was really a reflection of what we were learning at the time and at the time we're learning i mean systematic theologies and eschatology so all that stuff is making appearances in the, in our music you know because that's the, everything we're excited about is going to come out um, in the music. And, um, and so that's what we became known for. And it was kind of like, you know, 116, uh, Romans 116, I'm unashamed of the gospel with the power of God for salvation for anyone who believes it. that was the, that has been and was the model then. I do think that when you, we were, we were young and when you're dealing with, um, kind of young idealistic guys, um, we're really in, truly we're insecure and we're still in this stage of trying to prove to, people that we um can handle the word that we're legitimate christians that we're not ashamed and we're trying to kind of wear that on our chest and so my whole story is one of insecurity you know from childhood on and i think um being an african-american guy kid who's coming up in kind of conservative theological circles and raps and has visible tattoos there was this need to say hey i, I know my bible I, I know my bible i'm, I'm unashamed let me let me prove it to you and um, some of it was very sincere, but some of it was a, a, a little bit of self-righteousness and wanting to be approved of and wanting to be kind of um, patted on the back, um, being being the, the one-trick pony type of guy. And um, and so we've since kind of grown, and we've grown to be confident in who Christ has made us. We've grown to understand, like, I don't have to just punch you in your chest with every scripture I know on our first encounter. Like, I can love you, build a relationship with you, and demonstrate to you the implications of loving Jesus, as well as the explicit gospel, which you're going to need to hear to to, to know Him, um, and and that's been a lot more of our reality as um, as older, wiser men is is developing relationships, specifically within the industry with people all around the world, and um, not trying to shy away from an explicit gospel, but just realizing that we're seeing fruit, we're seeing people's lives transformed, and it doesn't, it's not about how loud we can scream it. It's about how long we can live it and how consistent we can be with that message um, lived out. So that led up to kind of the, the, the mission statement change. And, um, and you know, there was a lot of kind of tug, and, tug of war on that. Like, okay, what do we do here? So on one hand, we're going to countries where people are kind of grateful, like, oh, thank you so much for kind of saying you're a, a hip-hop artist who is a Christian because we are not going to get as much flack for bringing you out here now. You know, we're, the government's not going to look into us too much. You can actually do a concert um, for not just kind of trying to, you know, wear it on your, your front plate, um, which we're grateful for. And then also the relationships we're having in the industry, um, what people don't realize is a lot of times you, you get typecast and you get kind of, con, you know, kind of confined to this Christian ghetto because they think that, you know, what you're talking about, if it's not salvation or sanctification, it has no warrant. It has no weight in their world. So 
if I want to talk about marriage or science or politics, they're like, mm, just stick to Jesus, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, but do you not understand that my faith informs all mm. of this? And um, and so that's what a lot of our thinking has been in the past. So I, I think Matt and I can both relate not to making great music because, uh, <laughs> hey, it's coming. We've been working on a project. I was project. about to say, speak for yourself, bro. We've been Don't working on a project. We've got a mixtape hey. coming. Got a mixtape coming. Anyway, just the idea of growing and maturing, you know, I think about uh, kind of our journey here, mid-20s, late-20s, and and then... I mean, there's a reason the sermons from pre-2006 aren't <laughs> right. online. <laughs> right. You just grow. You just you get to grow and mature and, and learn some things. And so, um, not to stir up any more controversy, but just to affirm you, brother, yeah. just, I get it. I totally get it and grateful for your approach and... Yeah. And in all of this, that there there is more than just what you said. There are implications. There are all of those things. And for you to touch on those, I think, sheds more light in areas where light currently is not. Yeah, it's true. Hey, let's chat right. just for a second. We've got a few more minutes here. And gosh, I feel like we could do this for yeah, we could. Uh, a lot longer. But um, as a genre, hip-hop, you know, really presents some some challenges for Christians, at, at least in in my interactions and, and what I've seen. Like an example would be a ton of gospel implications in Kendrick Lamar stuff. And 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 yet at the same time, his music is full of profanity and other uh, explicit content. So so how, how, do you, how does one navigate that as a Christian? How, what's the Christian approach there? I know I've got my own opinion. Would love to hear yours. Yeah. I think some of it comes with um, <clears throat> the kind of idea that um, – as we engage kind of Western culture, there's this kind of implied uh, Christian lens that's wrapped around it. And, and Christian, Christianese or Christian is Christian, Christianized perspective. And you wouldn't do that in any other country. You know, if you were to go to Japan, you wouldn't be like, everything is so Japanese. Oh my gosh. Like there's like temples and Buddhas. And you would just say, man, this is what's happening here. And let me, engage it and hopefully we'll see some things transform and change but i think as it pertains to hip-hop there's kind of this mentality and attitude of um that it's unredeemable you know and and the people within it are unredeemable and there's no you know i'm I'm sure solomon got his wisdom from all over the world it wasn't just kind of like him just sitting back and god revealing a lot of things there's a you know a lot of wisdom to be gained from people you know even outside of the faith and um on practical, simple things, but even, even seeing a believer, you know, um, which I do believe Kendrick is, um, who is kind of wrestling through what that looks working like and, and, and yeah, working it out. And he's doing that in front of everybody. And so, um, you just seeing an, an artist say the things on a CD that, um, you know, your neighbor who probably just got saved would say to you over dinner. And, uh, you know, it's just, what what would you say to your neighbor if your neighbor's like, yeah, man, I just went to church yesterday, man, it was effing cool. You'd be like, ah, would you stop him or would you just be encouraged that he's going? You know, that kind of tension. But end of the day, I think hip hop, um, anything, any culture, you know, um, even songs like Amazing Grace, you know, they they came from bar songs and whatnot. I think it's all redeemable. I think you you engage culture, you present truth. And um, and it, it it's transformed from within, and I think hip hop is not, um, you know, it's 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 not exempt from the transforming power of the gospel. Yeah, well, 
Brother, so I appreciate you. So good. And just pray the Lord's blessing over you and as large as he'll make your platform and as many doors as he'll open for you. I'll, Brother, I'm just cheering you on and fan. praying for you and uh, have oftentimes just sent you a text as I felt the Lord prompt me to do that. And so just know uh, we yeah. love you here and grateful to God for you and are praying for those you come in contact with and that they might come to know Jesus I and love him and, and grow into uh, mature believers in Christ. And so thanks for being with us, brother. We love you. Oh, man, love y'all too, man. Appreciate everything y'all have done. All right, well. And are doing. Well, thank you for that. Well, that's this episode of the Village Church Podcast. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with Folk Angel. Uh, they're going to be our special guest. They might even do uh, some live music and conversation. We're going to go from hip-hop to folk. Yeah, and so for some of you, you're excited about that, and others of you are offended by that, and we're just going to let the chips land where they do. Where they do. Yeah. And then that will be our last episode of the year. And so we'll be back in a couple of weeks. See you then.